Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast to coast. Border to border on iHeartRadio today, amfm247.com. Tune in iTunes. And, of course, you can find us each and every day on Spotify and 50-plus AMFM stations across the country and around the world. 107.5 FM, United Kingdom, during the drive time hour on Fridays with Lester Radio. And the Roku Broadcast Network each and every week via the AM, FMs 24-7. And uh, we have got Dr. Carol Lieberman with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. Dr. Carol, welcome to the program. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much. I'm fine. Now, you have an incredible background. You're a board-certified Beverly Hills uh you know, doctor, you're an award- yes, yes, you're you're, you're an award winning and best selling author, and uh, you have got an incredible background. You've been on Fox News, Headline News, all over the place, and uh, tell us a little bit about this, how it really happened. Uh, this is going to be airing on Sunday, uh, April eighteenth, nine p.m. Eastern, on HLN. Tell us a little bit about this. Yes, I uh, have been working as a forensic psychiatrist, an expert witness, you know, in addition to being a regular psychiatrist, seeing patients and so on, um, for a number of years. And to this day, even though I've done lots of high-profile trials and all different kinds of trials, uh, to this day, the most interesting one um, is what was called the Jenny Jones talk show murder trial. Yes. And that happened in 1996. Uh, well, the, the murder was actually, and the show was actually in 1995, but the trial was in 96. And um, it was a show where um, the, the theme of the show was same-sex secret crush. But uh, the people who came on the show were uh, ambushed. They didn't know it was same-sex secret crush. Now, you have to remember, we're talking in the 90s when um, it, w- it was a lot less accepted to, um, you know, be gay. Yeah. And so the show, Jenny Jones had a talk show, you know, it was very popular, and, um, and she did these shows where, you know, all the talk shows were competing with each other. And so... Um, they wanted to be more sensational than the other in order to get people to watch them. Oh, yes. And I was actually on her show a number of times as a guest, um, you know, talking about various topics. And um, But this topic was where she put out something on the show, uh, if you have a same-sex secret crush and you want to, you know, tell your um, secret crush about it on TV, then give us a call. So... Uh, a man named Scott Amador called into the show and he said that he had a crush on this acquaintance, uh, Jonathan Schmidt. And um, now he actually, knew, you know, it was just an acquaintance, but he had met John 
uh, not long before the show, and because they had a mutual friend. And um, he actually had come on to John before the show, um, and John said to him, I'm not into that, but I'll be your friend. So this <laughs> Scott knew before he went on the show that John wasn't gay, that he wasn't interested in having a gay relationship. Uh, now, the media made this whole thing out to be a gay hate crime, which it was. Yep. Um, but so after the show, I mean, John came on the show. The show didn't did not tell him that it could be a man or a woman. They, of course, they, in the trials, they tried to say that they did, but there is no way <laughs> that John would have gone on if he thought that it could be a man, not because of, his, of being homophobic, but because um, he was afraid, and this is what happened and why he was falling apart on the show, he was afraid that if his family, especially his father, his grandfather, and his great-grandfather, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, saw... Yeah. <laughs> that he was, uh, that a guy, gay guy, had a gay uh, same-sex secret crush on him, they would have assumed there's nothing that he could have said to them, and yes, they were homophobic, um, there's nothing that he could have said to them to convince them that he wasn't gay. Yeah. Yeah, so, that is, <laughs> that that is uh, one of the, one of the issues that some of these some of these shows in in the early '90s and the late '90s had, <laughs> whether it was Jenny Jones or Maury or you know in, in any of these any of these shows, uh, they, yeah, it was like you said you 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 laid it out eloquently there, my friend. They uh, they were competing. And uh, trying to get the trying to get the scoop and and everything on this, so yeah, we, I was pretty much on. I was on pretty much all of them. So <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's awesome, though. <laughs> that I mean, is I tremendous. One, one Sally Jesse Raphael show, for example, where it was supposed to be women who had a crush on uh, guys in prison. And um, she had two women, you know, unbeknownst to them. I mean, this was a big thing, these ambushes. So yes. she had two women on <laughs> who um, didn't know about each other, and they each thought they were the love of the life of the Night Stalker. Oh, uh, that's so fantastic. On, <laughs> <laughs> and wow. They on the show, and they, you know, and, and so they went to each, like, grouping. Um, it was about a, a different a different man, different killer, basically, in prison. Yes. And then um, when they realized on the air, well, no, it was pre-taped, but when they realized uh, as it was being taped yes. that they were, um, that they were both, that they both <laughs> thought they were the love of the life, of his life, um, they started actually physically fighting with each other. So, yes, this is the kind of atmosphere. Um, but anyway, getting back to John. Yes. The thing was that uh, his, as I was saying his, his parents, his, uh, his male lineage, uh, were very macho men. And oh, yeah. um, they were hard drinkers, hard hunters. Uh, they had been in the military, and his father had been in Vietnam, and he had PTSD and so on. And so they always thought that John was not as tough. I mean, he wasn't as tough as they were. So this, they already were predisposed <laughs> to think that he might be gay. Um, but in any case, so after the Jenny Jones show, so, you know, they did this big reveal, no, it's, it's Scott has the crush on you, and, 
And John, you know, part of my job is that I was his defense psychiatrist. I had to testify at his trial, and he was accused of first-degree murder. And um, and uh, the the prosecutor thought it was going to be a slam dunk because John called after he killed, shot Scott. He called nine one one, and he uh, he told him about it. You know, he didn't run or anything or deny that he had done it. But what happened after the show? He was falling apart on the show, and that was part of what I testified about. I had to analyze each frame of the show to show how John was falling apart psychologically. Uh, he had a history of had, before the show of having made suicide attempts, and he was diagnosed as manic depressive before the show. Of course, the show never asked about any of this. And, um, and so after the show, after he had been humiliated and, you know, was expecting, you know, his family to abandon him when it airs, um, he then, then Scott continued to pursue him. Scott left a note on John's uh, door and, like, a very seductive kind of note. And John um, bought a gun three days after the show. John bought a gun, and his plan was to kill himself, as he had planned many times before. And um, but he went to Scott's house with yep. the gun. Yep. But he left the gun in the car, and he went up to Scott, and he asked him, you know, please stop pursuing me. I told you I'm not really interested in this. I'll be your friend, but you know that's it. And Scott just laughed at him. So John went wow. outside and he got his gun from his car, and he started walking up to the house, to Scott's house, and. Um, Scott's roommate, housemate, told Scott that John was walking up to the house with a gun. And the reason why John was doing that was because he was trying to sort of emphasize, like, I really mean it. You know, he wasn't planning uh, to, to kill Scott. He was trying to show, you know, I'm tough. I mean it. Look at me. You know, pay attention. I want you to stop. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Scott came out of the house, and he was holding a chair above his head, kind of like, to protect himself. Yes. You know, in front, yes. of his, in front of his head. And now, the reason why this is significant <laughs> is because um, when I went to Michigan to testify in the trial, when I first went there and I met with the lawyer, uh, he explained to me how there had been, about a year ago, there had been an incident. Well, no, no, no. He explained to me what happened with Scott, about Scott holding up the chair and so on, and how John shot him and all of that. Then I went for um, dinner at John's family's house, and um, and I was asking his family, and I was interviewing all of them, and I was asking them to please tell me anything that they thought was significant about his childhood. And so his father, so after I had just heard from the lawyer about how Scott had picked up this chair in a certain kind of way, then his father started talking about how a year before, um, he, John and he got into a fight. And the father ran up the stairs, and he picked up a chair. His father picked up a chair in the same way, <laughs> as it turns out, that Scott picked up a chair. And John was yelling at his father at that time, I'm going to get back at you for what you did to me in Miss Drusilla's class. And Miss Drusilla was a teacher of of John's um, from, you know, back in around junior high school. And his father had come to class one day because his father thought he was cutting class. And he came to class with a strap, a belt, and he hit John. Yes. 
he used the belt on John in front of the class. And needless to say, John was humiliated. This was a very traumatic experience. And um, only surpassed by the experience on Jenny Jones of being humiliated to the whole world. It was a similar okay. kind of thing. Yeah. So Scott triggered, and, and, and especially when Scott came out holding the chair above his head like this, it reminded John of... Uh, the whole thing with his father and Miss Jusula's class and that whole humiliation, similar to the humiliation he was expecting to feel, um, you know, when the Jenny Jones show aired. He was already feeling because there were people in the audience and the audience was quite, oh, it was quite a wild audience. You know, they were laughing hysterically and really. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, (laughs) oh, yeah. That it, it is. It is quite. Uh, if 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 people have have never seen or uh, some of these audiences that are on these daytime shows, wow, it is something else. <laughs> yes, they were not. Um, you know, remember again the nineties. You know, so they thought these people in this same sex secret crush, crush episode were freaks. And um, so they were, you know, laughing and cheering, and it, it was really pretty awful just in itself, even even if it didn't air. So um, anyhow, so when jo- so my job was to um, explain to the jury, I was on the stand for the whole day. It was gavel to gavel court TV, and my job was to explain to the jury um, who John was, what happened, how he could not form the intent to kill, how his mind at the time that he shot Scott could not form the intent to kill because of all the different things operating on it, from his manic depressive disorder to he he inherited a thyroid disorder that also um, had psychological consequences to his not having slept after the Jenny Jones show. Oh, yeah. And, um, had things to drink. I mean, there's a whole... Um, uh, plethora of things yes. that were acting on his mind at the time when the gun went off. And so, and I and I really explain, I mean, I started at, as I do with cases, I start from the person's birth, and I explained his whole life and all of the different, you know, traumas that he had in his life and so on. And, uh, like, his father abused him because he had PTSD and all of this. And so, um, by the end of the story, you know, I told the story chronologically, and by the end, um, they were able to see how he really couldn't form the intent to kill, and so they convicted him. They The verdict was second-degree murder, and that is how he was able to get, he got 25 to 50, which actually was the, the judge gave him the hardest, harshest sentence, but he was able to be paroled, which he recently was. Wow. So is is that why they're doing this the the show now because he he recently was was paroled is that the is well when I say recently I, it was about three years ago right? oh okay 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 because in prison um, but I think you know, there actually has been a uh, a Netflix um, documentary but that really uh, concentrated more on. Um, like on the media and, and how yeah. it was portrayed in the media, which was very interesting also. 
Um, and, you know, I'm hoping that this will go a little more in depth. I was interviewed for this extensively. We'll see how much ends up <laughs> in the actual <laughs> Hey, I'll tell you, Doctor, I fairly recently, I, I had this discussion with, with, with a few people. Uh, in fact, uh, fairly recently, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, we had this discussion. Yeah. I don't understand how... I've been in, I've been in and around television for for years. I've I've hosted shows. I've produced shows. I don't understand how these people time these things anymore, and I don't know why they leave so much content. They do all this content and use five minutes of it. So <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> how how all this how all this shakes out. We have got a great guest with us today. Dr. Carol Lieberman is with us. She joins us live talking about how it really happened, which was the episode of the Jenny Jones story that will be airing this Sunday, April 18th at 9 p.m. Eastern on HLN. And, uh, Dr., this this is just an amazing story. Um, what? Well, I am hoping that, you know, the, the thing about this story is that there are, even though it happened in 95, um, and yes, things have changed in terms of our views on homosexuality, but there are so many other things that haven't changed, like, for example, um, television, you know, okay, now it's more reality shows than talk shows, but it is still, you know, humiliating people and all yes. of that. Um, also, yeah. the idea of what it means to be a man, because, you know, um, if, you're, if you're not a hard hunter, drinker, <laughs> a military man, that means you're not a man. Um, there are a lot of things that are, uh, you know, that, that resonate today. And I have been writing a book about this, um, which I'm hoping to bring to a conclusion in the near future. Um, it's called Murder by TV, A Descent into Madness. And that was how I described John to the, to the jury, um, that when he came off the Jenny Jones show from that point on, or actually from the time he came on the Jenny Jones show, it was a descent into madness. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, I am, I am, I, I am one of those folks that says, you know, I, I, I enjoy watching, you know, a lot of these shows, and but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I've talked to so many people over the years, such as yourself and others, who, who have given me a lot of the behind the scenes that. A lot of times when I watch this stuff, I just cringe because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. "Oh my God, I know how this really is done." <laughs> yes, yes, and you know what used to bother me? Uh, I mean, before this Jenny Jones murder, yeah. Um, what used to bother me just being on all these shows? I mean, I loved being on the shows because oh I yeah, still do love being on television to be able to share psychological insights. But what used to bother me the most was. How before the show, you know, before the taping of the show, they treat the guests like like princesses and princes, you know, royalty. <laughs> and then as soon as the show is taped, they just push them out, <laughs> throw them into a taxi on the way to the airport. <laughs> around here for, you know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, uh, they, 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 they get them all prime, doctor, and then all of a sudden now I go, well, right. you've, uh, you, you've served your purpose. Exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, doctor, uh, also some of the other things that you're involved in, you've got a, a podcast, radio program, you've got several websites. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of the other things you're up to. Sure. Well, I've had a website called Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America for uh, it's now like 15, 16 years. Yep. And yep. I talk about all different kinds of um, topics. I try, I, I mostly talk about uh, timely topics and I look at things, you know, psychological aspects of them. Uh, help, I did a lot of things, a lot of shows about coronavirus and how to survive and um, psychologically and things like that. Also politics, I got into that before the election. Um, but then I also have a podcast called The Terrorist Therapist Show. And after 9-11, uh, because I'm a New Yorker born and bred, even though I now live in California, my heart is still in New York. And so after 9-11, I decided that I would uh, devote a portion of my work to helping people not only cope with uh, the impact of 9-11, which is still affecting us all, but also the ongoing threat of terrorism, which I know people are not thinking about these days because of there's all these other, you know, uh, coronavirus and so on to think about. But, um, but uh, the terrorists are still out there. And so every week I talk about, like, uh, what's hot in terrorism these days. So, for example, um, the last one that I did was about crossing borders, terrorists on the move, and talking about how the terrorists are crossing from Mexico into, uh, uh, into the States, you know, how they're coming from all different countries. They're not just coming from Mexico, and um, how that is a significant danger. And I compared that with two jihadi brides who are stuck in Syria because the, the U.K. and France and European countries in general are very careful. Uh, it takes forever for them to decide whether to take back the people who had left their country for the Middle East. So I was comparing, you know, we let it, <laughs> we're opening the door to everybody, including a lot of terrorists who are getting in. So, um, so that's what else. And then, and my, my, my latest book actually what is, um, Besides the Jenny Jones one, my latest, that isn't out yet, but my latest book that is out is called Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. And it's a book that has the first half is for grown-ups, parents, and teachers, how to talk to kids about terrorism and so on. And then the second half is a picture book for kids all about an introduction to terrorism. That's tremendous. That is tremendous. Well, Doctor, before we let you go, how do people find you on social media, websites, all these places? Okay. Um, well, on social media, on Twitter, um, <laughs> for as long as I'm still on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> you can find me at, at Dr. Carol MD, which is uh, D R C A R O L E M D. And then um, my basic website is drcarol.com, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E.com, and terroristtherapist.com. And then um, for my expert witness work, it's uh, expertwitnessforensicpsychiatrist.com. Awesome. Awesome. I do like the uh, the terrorist therapist. Uh, 
<laughs> website. I think that's great. TerraceTherapist.com. I'm amazed you were able to snag that. So uh, congratulations. Uh, well, well, doctor, you have been a treat as always. I appreciate it, my friend, and thanks for doing this. And we will uh, definitely talk to you soon. Thank you. Well, thank you. My pleasure. Appreciate it, my friend. There she goes. Dr. Carol Lieberman. And that wraps it up for this week's Build, Grow, and Enjoy. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you inevitably, inevitably, I've used that word of years, next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.